0: praise god thank you brother long praise the lord everybody amen it's great to be back in the house of the lord again tonight i can't tell you how privileged i feel uh to have been here the last several weeks it's just been amazing and i pray that uh you have been blessed as much as I've been blessed and even more. Every weekend has just been heaven come down for us. And sometimes we just wonder at the goodness of God. And we bask in His glory and His blessings. And you have certainly been blessed. I, I told your pastor and his wife how uh, blessed that I am i've known them for such a long time, and um actually came and preached his twenty third anniversary. <laughs> I think that 's the first time I preached here, and you know sometimes you feel like well, I did pretty good, <laughs> and then you ask your wife and if she don't say anything, you know that's bad. <laughs> It's not a good thing. But if she smiled and said, You really did good tonight, brother, you just can bank on it. That's a good sign. Well, my wife really hasn't. She's been a couple of times, but physical conditions keep her from doing uh, what she wants to do. But she's in Florida visiting with her sister for a few days. And uh, she texted me. She said, I hear y'all are doing great. And I looked at and I said, Maybe I need to read that again. Not y'all, but you. Well, that's what you get when you've been married 50 years. You just take things for granted. And I said it would have been better for you to be here. But thank the Lord for our friends and for this great church. And let me tell you something. Uh, your greatest times are not behind you, but they are ahead of you. And uh, so thank the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. So good to have all of you and uh, good to see some of my great friends tonight, uh, Fred and Barbara Milleton. Uh We are Mississippi folks and we was raised in the same church together. I know more about him than he wants me to tell and he certainly knows more about me. That I wanted the Dell. We were teenagers, uh, and we went to, that's when we had, uh, 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 youth things, you know, and youth revivals and different things. And he remembers I preached our first youth revival at our church in Luce Mississippi. I was a senior in high school. I, I don't remember that. You know, when things are bad, bad, you just kind of, Blotted out from your memory. But uh, he followed me over to Louisiana, and that's where he met Sister Barbara. Kind of had a little part in that. And they've been married longer than we have. And then uh, my youngest brother married his youngest sister. So we're almost kin. Tragedy has struck in his family more than I would want to tell and mine as well uh, both of my brothers passed away 15 months apart his brothers most of them have passed away but his sister Virginia she's a wonderful person she had to be to marry my brother she helped him grow up and I mean that literally amen but what a great time so good to see y'all tonight amen Open your Bible to the book of St. Matthew chapter 4. Amen. Well, let me see here. Let me go. That's that's one of the scriptures, but I want to go to chapter 11 first. St. Matthew chapter 11. And... Let me begin reading at verse number 2. Amen. St. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 2. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. Just let the word go forth to heal the wounded and the brokenhearted. To touch us tonight in Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Praise God. Amen, amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm sure that these words have been repeated many, many, many times in pulpits across America. It seems like 90% of pastoring and pastoral sermons have to do with encouragement just to keep us going. And so in due of that, looking at, one of the greatest preachers that ever was, which was John the Baptist. He had this feeling that there was just that little doubt within his mind. So I want to preach to you tonight just a to encourage a message. When you want to quit. When you want to quit. Because probably 999 percent of the people in this building tonight is at some point in your life hit the lowest valley and it seemed like that the best thing for you to do was just quit and get out you ever seen people come to church and all of a sudden all of their Good times turn to bad times and their marriage goes on the rocks and the kids go crazy and the guy loses his job and, you know, and it just seemed like, God, what are you doing? And we've had that happen so many times, but we sing about encouragement, we preach about encouragement, we pat each other on the back and we say, you know, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it. But the truth of the matter is, we all have had a time in our life when we really wanted to quit. John the Baptist was no different. No different. Let me just give you a little insight on what Jesus said about John the Baptist. He said there was none greater than him. He spoke of John the Baptist, the one that was to come one that was going to open the door be the forerunner of Christ. And the Lord just went through numerous verses of scripture describing John the Baptist. He came preaching in the wilderness, came with a message that was not a popular message. Repent and make your crooked path straight. In fact, preaching it, so hard and so straight cost him his life when he, at one point, could have said, "Oh no, uh, King, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about somebody else." You know that's so easy to say, and That's n- no, I wasn't. I wasn't talking to you. But John had that boldness within him that point blank told the king, "You're living in sin, and God's displeased with that." And for that. He lost his life. You would think it would be at that moment that John would have just had a doubt within his mind and crossed it and said, You know, I don't know if this is worth it. But yet, read the scripture with me. When John was in prison, I don't know. Sometimes we we get to that point to where we all think that we're in prison. And we've been told that we're in bondage and we've been told that, you know, there's better things. But to those of us that somehow have come to this point and place in our life it says, I'd just like for the Lord to speak to me, to let me know that I'm right and I'm on the right way and things are okay. Well, you know, how many times does God has to tell us that? I think I told this little story. Uh, before in this church but I, i'm going to tell it again for the sake of someone here tonight that thinks you got to hear the voice of god every day but in the darkest part of our life that i mentioned this morning i walked into our home one afternoon uh in november of 2007 and i've been to the hospital and it was uh always almost dark and i walked to the door and My wife was not in the kitchen. She uh, was in the other part of the house. And I walked through and I still didn't see her, but I heard her. And I heard her praying. And I looked in the dim lit room and there she was, curled up on the floor. And she was praying. And I just pulled off my coat, knelt down, uh, and began to pray along with her. And I heard her say these words, Lord... If you love us, let somebody call me right now. And, you know, owe me a little faith. I said, yeah, right. Right now. She said, right now. And at that precise moment, when she said right now, my cell phone wrong. And on the other end was a man that uh, had probably... In the 30 years that I pastored him only called me just a few times. And he was, said, brother Edwards, I was driving home and something just told me I need to call you. I don't hardly ever call you, but I need to call you. And my wife kind of, she heard the phone ring and she looked up and she said, who is it? And I said, it's God. <laughs> it's God. And and she said, oh, yeah, I handed the phone to her. And a man on the other end of the line in our church named Jimmy Pittman, I said, Jimmy, you need to talk to my wife. And, And I handed the phone to her, and she said, why did you call me right now? He said, I don't know, but something just compelled me at this moment to call you. And I told him later on, I said, you didn't know it, but at that time, we was probably as low as you could get spiritually. But yet suddenly, God looked down upon us and the woman's prayer, Lord, let somebody call me right now. You know what? That hasn't happened since. We've prayed since then. She's prayed since then. We've prayed about things since then. And and it hasn't happened that way. Because sometimes we want God to answer every day. When all God has to do sometimes is just tell us one time. And he just sent word to John the Baptist. He said, go tell John. How many times has God got to meet with us on Sunday night? How many miracles has God got to do? How many jobs has God got to provide? How many homes has God got to put back together? How many people has He got to pick up and put us back on our way again? Go tell John. John was saying this. uh, Is this He or should we look for another? Let me tell you something. Uh, Sometimes the greatest weapon that the devil could ever have in his arsenal is just putting confusion in our mind. When, when we're confused, that's when we start doubting. When we get in our mind, it, this may not be really God. This may be something else and what I'm feeling and where I'm going and what I'm doing. May not be really what God is doing, but suddenly that little seed of confusion gets in us. And when the seed of confusion is dropped and it begins to grow, I want to tell you what happens. We begin to doubt our calling of God. And the confused mind suddenly begins to say, is this really where I want to be? Is this really who I want to be with? Is this Holy Ghost really real? Did I really speak in tongues? Did I really get converted? Uh, But suddenly here comes the answer. Go tell John. It wasn't a new revelation. He said, go tell him what you have seen and what you have heard. If you're waiting on a new revelation, it may not come. But if you're waiting on a word from God and it hasn't come yet, just use the last word that God gave you uh, and go from there. Because if the God of heaven has not changed, the message has not changed, but sometimes God can speak and if you're one of those people that's got to have a word from God every service, it might be that confusion has set in. The confusion that the devil likes to send. You know, if, if you was John the Baptist and the Lord spoke of you and, and he was tell there's none greater. This, this John the Baptist that was, a, was a miracle birth in his own. His parents was old, and 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 it seemed like it wasn't going to happen, but God needed a voice. God needed somebody, and suddenly the Bible says that while his father was in the tabernacle, and he was offering up incense, the angel of the Lord stood there. You know, have y'all, is anybody here ever seen an angel. You ever know what angels do? The angel of the Lord stood by uh, John's father, Zacchaeus, and he said, my name is Gabriel. I've come, and you're going to have a son. And his name is going to be John. And you know what? He had that little doubt within his mind. And the angel said, I'm going to stop your tongue, and you're not going to be able to speak a word until he is born. And when he came out of the tabernacle, the Bible says that he gestured unto them. I don't know what he was saying. I don't know sign language. I I don't know if he knew anything, but I I think he just walked out, pointed to his tongue, pointed to heaven. Hey, there was somebody stood beside of me. My wife is old, but we're going to have a baby and his name is going to be John. You figure it out. They looked at him and said, wait a minute. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says they perceived that an angel of God had been with him. You might have thought he was crazy. But they looked at him and said, he's been to church. And when he went to church, something miraculous happened. You may be thinking tonight that the road is all uphill. And you're not going to be able to make it. And you're not going to be able to climb it. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Suddenly, those funny gestures... That we know that God's going to do it. He just hasn't yet. We know that the angel of the Lord is real and mighty. But you know what our gestures are? We get our hands stretched up in the air. We get up off of our pew. We stand up on our feet. uh, And suddenly we start saying, wait just a minute. Uh, I am not confused. Uh, I am more convinced uh, than ever in my life uh, that this is that. That was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Woo! In the last day, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit uh, upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we just feel like I cannot go any further. When we have that, that feeling within us that says, I really want to quit. And suddenly, the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. We preach about it. We pray, we speak in tongues, but you know what the Holy Ghost really is? uh, It's several things. It's a comforter. It's an encourager. It's energy when you need it. It's that supernatural feeling when you've done all to stand. Then stand therefore. That's what the Holy Ghost does. When you're going through the valley, he said, I'll go with you. When you're discouraged, he said, I'll never leave you, and I will never forsake you. I will go with you always, even until the end. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. These words, these six little words are, do we look for another? What a question. Let me just rewind just a little bit. If you go back to John, uh, Matthew chapter four, John was preaching, standing in the Jordan River, baptizing people. And suddenly the cousin that he had never seen, the savior that he preached about and never laid eyes on stood On the hilltop. And the Bible says. And John was in the river of Jordan. And Jesus came down off the hill, a revelation from God. And suddenly he pointed his finger at a man that had never seen. And he said, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And Jesus that day became the convert of John the Baptist, not because he had sin, but for an example in everybody's life. It's that John that I'm talking about. It's the John that was clothed with camel's hair. It was the John that ate locusts and wild honey. It was John that pointed his finger at the sinners and told them, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. It was this John that said, is this him? Should we look for another? Here's the answer. The question was, art thou he? Are you the one? Boy, maybe I'm preaching to some older saints here tonight. What a great thing for this platform to be filled with such great examples of heritage Pentecost. What, what a great thing. When I walked in, I said, oh, oh my, what, what a great thing. And, and I, I looked at all of y'all and y'all wasn't singing. You know why y'all wasn't singing? You didn't know that song. That's why you wasn't singing. You was trying to read the words on the screen and say, Whoa. man, we didn't say that a hundred times. It actually had a verse and a course. Just actually had words in it. And I got amused and I told pastor, I said, they're not singing," he said. "I know," I said. "They don't know it. They don't know about that. But you know what? We come back here next Sunday, and and your good music director bless you, brother. I mean, do you have a good balance? And you know, and he's going to sing something y'all like to sing. And guess what? We're going to do. We're going to be reading the words." But what a balance we have in this church that says, you know what? It takes the old and the young. It takes the old songs and the new songs. It, it takes a blending together. <laughs> Woo! But I want to tell you what we are together on. We know Him in whom we have believed. That's what we're together on. That's what we're doing tonight. We're not divided. We're not torn apart. In fact, we're more together than we've ever been. God takes the youth and he looks at the older people on this platform and what a great responsibility that you have. Because you've been through the storm and the storm didn't turn you. You've been through the fire and the fire didn't burn you. You've been through the valley and came out on the other side. That's what God can do. What a great example. You can be seated. Praise God. What a purpose. That John had. And his purpose was to be the forerunner of Christ. What a responsibility. In fact, he was so much like Christ. That people actually mistaken him for the Christ. That's the reason. He said, I'm not he. But there's one to come. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. And He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So you know what? We have diversities among us. Some like some things and some like other things. And some like Fords and some like Chevys. And some like different things in your life. But let me tell you something. The thing that we're together on is the fact that we are one in Christ. And when one weeps, we all weep. And when somebody shouts, we all shout. When you get happy, I get happy. When the church is blessed, we're all blessed. Because we have a purpose. Let me tell you, the purpose of this church is not to just sit on the side of the road. It's not just to say, look what we've done The purpose of this church is almost to do the impossible. And that's to bring everybody together. It's to let them walk through those doors. The rich, the poor, the black, the white, the Hispanics, those that are down and out, those that are up. It doesn't matter who you are or what you are or where you come from. There's a purpose. You have a purpose. God has a purpose in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to know that John had a meaning and a purpose in his life. And that purpose was, there's one coming after me. I am not he, but when he gets here, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. How did John know that? Go back and read Luke chapter 1. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, come to see Elizabeth, her cousin, and she walked in, and the angel Gabriel had visited both of them. And when Mary walked in and saw Elizabeth, the Bible says that John leaped in her womb. Wow. You know what it was? The presence. Of deity had walked into the presence of flesh and suddenly flesh met deity and the Bible says in the womb he leaped within her. I'm going to tell you there's been nights right here in this church when it seemed like something just moved. It seemed like that there was a leap of faith. It seemed like that suddenly the flesh of humanity met the deity of spirituality and we cannot be still. I want to tell you something. When God starts moving, he has a purpose for this church. You cannot be still. You cannot stop telling it. You cannot stop telling what God has done for you. The purpose of this church. Woo. What is the purpose of this church, brother? It's not to be down and out. It's not to be gloom and doom. The purpose of this church is to say, "Here, o Israel. Here, Webster, Texas. Here, South Texas. Uh, there's something going on uh, in this church. Uh, and what's going on in this church is we have found our." purpose and when we find our purpose uh, we can find our encouragement you may be seated confidence confidence can refuse and replace confusion (laughs) I just feel like God's putting a confidence in this church that says we can we can I just feel like there's something that's kicking within us just moving within us that says we can how do I know that when God pulls out the confusion and he replaces it with confidence. Suddenly the church gets to the place that says, I believe. And when you start saying, I believe God starts saying, I will. If God can look at you tonight and says, if you have the faith, I've got whatever it takes to give you whatever you need. this is the one we're looking for, or should we look for another? I don't know how you feel tonight, but I want to tell you the way I feel. Nothing can replace what God has done in my life. I don't know how you feel tonight, but I'm more convinced about who we are and what we are and how solid we are and how convinced we are than I've ever been in my whole life. I don't know how you feel tonight, but more than ever, I am convinced of one Lord and one faith and one baptism. I don't know how you feel tonight, but I want to tell you something. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. Woo. Brother, if you've ever wanted to quit, now is not the time. If you've ever wanted to walk out on God, now is not the time. You may be seated. If you've ever wanted to change, now is not the time. Amen. You know why this is not the time? We are closer than we have ever been to the rapture of the church. The oldest person in this building has a good opportunity of going in the rapture. And You know why I'm so convinced tonight? Because God has looked down and the things that he said to me. Personally has kept me. Kelp me. Kelp me. Listen to what the Lord said to Peter. This is one of his own disciples. Get thee behind me, Satan. Wow. You ever wonder why Jesus said that? I'm going to tell you why. Peter said these words. Lord, We're a little bit confused here. And he bragged about, though all men will forsake you, but I'm not, but wait, there's that, there's that little seed there that the Lord saw that nobody else did. You may tell you sometimes the greatest people in the church is not the most boisterous people in the church. Sometimes the most solid people in this church Are the ones that hardly ever say anything. But you know what? They'll be here Wednesday. And they'll be here Sunday morning. And they'll be here Sunday night. And they'll be at prayer meeting. And they're going to put money in to build that new building. And they're going to be here no matter what. But the Lord saw something in Simon. And this is what he said. When you are converted... Until then, get behind me. I'm going to tell you something. If you're really rock solid in Christ, if you are solid in what you are and who you are and what you believe, sometimes you have to accept rebuke. Sometimes you have to accept the chastisement of God. You know, God does have another word in his vocabulary besides yes. (laughs) We're so used to preaching. Oh, God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. He's going to bless us coming in. He's going to bless us going out. But I like that other word. He's full of surprises. (laughs) And sometimes God has another word. And it's no. No. And if it's not no, it's wait a while. And sometimes we misinterpret no. And we don't understand what God's talking about. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. uh, And they shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Uh, So you know what? Sometimes we misinterpret quietness and meekness. For weakness. It's not weakness my friend. It's confidence. What I saw on this platform tonight was confidence. What I saw on this platform tonight were people that had been bruised and hurt and tattered and worn and beaten. But here they was singing about Calvary. Here they was singing about the blood. Uh, and you can't get that. You can't get that by yourself. You gotta get that through experience. God, I, I gotta quit, but let me tell you something. You know what? Ten years from now, you you guys right along this front row and you young ladies right, ten years is gonna make a big difference in your life. But you gotta have experience. You can't just rush through here as a teenager and say, well, I was in the church one day. That don't count. What's going to count is, are you going to be here five years from now? Sit down. Are you going to be here 10 years from now? Are you going to marry right? Are you going to pick somebody in the church? Are you going to start looking somewhere else? Uh, is this the one you're looking for? Or should we look for another? But you know what? God's going to reach stand up. And He's going to say, wait just a minute. There's some experience going on here. There's something going on here that says, hold everything. I know. I know. In whom I believe. Oh, i, I got to quit. But you know what? It's not somebody else's God. It's my God. It's not just some people on the platform singing. It's your God. My God has supplied all of the riches and glory. My God. Not somebody else's God. My God. You've got to know that your God, your God, your God is able to help you. (laughs) Come on. My God. My God. Come on, stand up with me right now. (laughs) I forgot to take my watch off and look to see what time it is. But it don't really matter. Sunday. We go to church on Sunday. My God. Close your eyes. Say that with me. My God is able to supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I want to quit. is this the one we're looking for or should we look for another let me tell you something your search ended when God filled you with the Holy Ghost your search ended when God allowed you to be baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ your search ended now is what you got to do You can't go on somebody else's experience. Ooh, you got to have the confidence that what God has done for somebody else, He'll do it for me. I, my God, my God, my God. We may get a little while here, but how, how many of you have ever prayed for a job and God gave it to you? Now, how many of you are looking for a job and you had not got it yet? Look at there. Here's what you got to do. You got to say, God, if you would do it for them, my God, you're not... I said, you're not just the God of those people. You're my God. You're my God. Are you ready? I'm going to pray down a job. Close your eyes. Raise your hands. In the name of Jesus, open every door that has been closed in your life. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will open that door tomorrow. My God will supply all of my needs. Come on, you got to pray that prayer with me. My God, I'm not confused. I'm confident. I'm not walking out. I'm walking in. I'm not getting out. I'm getting in. My God. Woo. Brother, he's got to get personal. Somebody needs to just step out in that middle aisle right now. Somebody that needs to step out in that aisle. Raise both hands. Say, my God. Nobody's standing out. Get down that aisle. That's it. Raise both hands. My God. Where's your faith? Woo. Where is... Your faith, my God, say, it. my God is on my side. He will answer my prayer my when I pray. He will answer my prayer. Come on. Yes. Yes.